Please open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. For our opening passage of Scripture this day, let's look in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, where our beloved brother Paul was convincing believing Jews of the superiority of the gospel of Jesus Christ to anything that they had under the Old Testament of Moses' religion. I read to you the last two verses of Hebrews 12. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Briefly, the wherefore is drawing a consequence and conclusion from what's been stated in the ten verses or so before it that the Mount Zion and the Jerusalem and the assembly and the mediator and the priest and the blood of the New Testament are far superior to that of the Old. Verses 22 through 24 describe the New. Verses 18 through 21 describe the Old. And verses 25 through 27 describe the shaking of heaven and earth prophesied by Haggai that would take place in shaking away the remnants of Old Testament worship under Moses, leaving the permanent form of worship of God until Jesus comes And that's New Testament worship. That's Hebrews 12 from verse 18 to the end. That's what wherefore is there for. We're receiving a kingdom. A new kingdom came into being with the Lord Jesus Christ. A spiritual kingdom where He sits at God's right hand and reigns over all those who are His elect that have submitted themselves to His glorious reign. It says in the Bible that the law and the prophets were until John... Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. There was a kingdom that arrived with John. It was the lordship of Jesus Christ, and men pressed into it. Paul was convincing these Hebrews that though they had been cast out of temple worship in Jerusalem, they had a superior way of worshiping God. They were in a greater kingdom, and that is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. It cannot be moved. The Old Testament was temporary, therefore it was moved with the shaking of God when He shook the heavens and the earth at the arrival of John and for the 40 years of Reformation with His apostles. Let us have grace. God has given us the grace. The grace is in us. He has worked in us to will and to do of His good pleasure. The acceptability of our worship that is described in this verse We are totally capable of giving Him. Let us have grace. Let us take the work of grace that is already within and let it come out in humility, in repentance, in reverence, in fear, in love, in devotion, in zeal, in our worship to Him. He's put it in. He's made it possible for us to worship Him acceptably Let us do so by taking that grace and having it in all that we do. As we sing these songs, let the grace in our hearts make the melody 
that flows out of our lips. Let us delight in the Word so that we sing with the Spirit and we sing with the understanding. Let us have grace. Grace was not necessary under the Old Covenant. You took your dirty animal and you cut its throat and you bled it. It wasn't like the New Testament. But God is seeking those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth, not in flesh, hoof, and blood, trumpet, and candlestick. He provides the candlestick. Praise His glorious name. He provided the blood. Praise His glorious name. He provided the priest. Praise His glorious name. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. This text will not be preached nor applied in all these seeker-sensitive mega-churches because this would cut their congregation down in size. We rejoice and we are glad that God has saved us. We are thankful that He is our Abba Father. But this is how He wants to be worshipped, even now under the New Testament. For our God is, not was, not has been, but is a consuming fire. That is pulled out of the book of Deuteronomy, where Israel knew He was a consuming fire, but He has not changed in nature or character. He is holy, expects us us to be so, and He's made it possible for us to be so. We may worship Him acceptably. Let's take that grace He's given us. And let's pour it out from our lips in return, from our hearts, making a melody in our singing, in our praying, in our hearing the Word of God. As we look at its words on these pages, let us realize the God of heaven has spoken. Let all the earth be still. God has spoken. We are His people. And let's show how worship ought to take place. Let Him be delighted in heaven as we worship Him acceptably. Let us pray. Our Holy Father, blessed God of heaven and earth, Creator and Lord of all things that have been made, we come before Thy holy presence in the name and righteousness of our great High Priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, though we come with trembling, And with reverence and godly fear, we come with boldness because you've told us to do so. We rejoice with trembling as we come into thy presence. We thank thee that by a new and living way, the eternal intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ through the veil has been made possible that we can come into thy presence. We thank thee that we know that thou art a thrice holy God. There is no other God like Thee. The gods of the heathen are profane, as evidenced by their religion and by their lives and by their nations. Profane, ignorant, debased, foolish. We thank Thee that You have made the Lord Jesus Christ unto us wisdom and righteousness, redemption and sanctification. We thank Thee for our religion. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, for this assembly. And we pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, You will cause that grace that You have placed within us by the power of regeneration to flow forth 
in your praise, in your worship, in our repentance, in our humility, in our love and devotion, and our turning unto Thee this day. Heavenly Father, help us to this end. We thank Thee for Thy precious Word. We thank Thee that Thou hast spoken to us. You have not left us in ignorance. Not only have You saved us by the unconditional grace of a sovereign God through a substitutionary Savior, but You have sent those with beautiful feet to preach the glad tidings to us that we could hear the news and have the revelation of mysteries unknown to mankind, but made special and clear to us. And help us this day that they might be made clearer yet, that we would go from this place convinced of the truth of our religion and let that convincing result in conversion and conviction that we would conform our lives to that holy standard that you have established for us and have illustrated through the face and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look upon us, O Lord, and examine our hearts and try our thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting. We pray for all your assembly's saints and servants throughout the world that you will bless them this day, that the Gentile kingdom and those few Jews that are part of it will offer up fruits in their season unto thee in their respective assemblies. Deliver our nation from the ignorance and the malice in the highest places of our government. But more than that, cause us to stand in the evil day against spiritual wickedness in higher places. And that is the spirit world of this world. Heavenly Father, cause us to resist the devil. And we trust the Word of God, that by the power and grace, the blood and the righteousness, and the victory on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, He will flee from us. Heavenly Father, put a hedge about us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we defy the powers of darkness to hinder this assembly. We pray that You will enable us and bless us, that You will come down and be among us. For where the Lord Jesus Christ is, no devil wants to be. For He knows that the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in His glorious office far exceeds His own. And He knows full well the eternal torment that is coming for Him and all His angels through the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that triumph occurred at the cross. And we see it, and we glory in it. And Heavenly Father, this day, the Lord's day, the day of the Lord, let us honor Thee in all that we do. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for every mercy that You have shown us, given to us, every evil that You have protected us from. We bless and praise Thee and thank Thee for it. You have provided our daily bread, You have protected us from dangers seen and unseen. You have comforted our hearts when terrified. You have assured our hearts when in doubt. You have instructed us even in the night seasons when confused and perplexed. We bless and praise Thee. Thou art the giver of every good gift and we are blessed abundantly. Our Father, we thank Thee for Thy gift of Thy only begotten Son. 
We thank Thee that He is a King forever, the blessed and only potentate. We thank Thee that He is our only High Priest. He is the cornerstone of this church. He is its head and its chief bishop. He is the chief shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the apostle of our profession. He is the prophet that we love the most. We thank Thee. He is altogether lovely. Our beloved, our beloved exceeds the beloveds of this world as light excels darkness. And we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. Teach us to love Him more. Show Him to us this day. And bless our worship to be acceptable in Thy sight. Help us to have grace whereby we may serve Thee acceptably. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us now. We love Thee. We look forward to worshiping Thee in these next few minutes. Be with those that aren't with us. Comfort them. Provide for them. And we'll thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen.